You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Tony Groves and William Gibson. Hey. How's it going, man? Good evening. Hey, we're back. Happy New Year 2018. And uh, ready to keep on going with the podcast. Uh, we're in the off season for the NASCAR iRacing Series. Next race is Daytona 500. So uh, what I learned this week is we do not have a set for that. <laughs> uh, so that was a lesson learned we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Road to Pup Pro is also off uh, for the holiday weekend. So next race is Sonoma. We actually had a teammate working on a setup, uh, I think yesterday, and he posted it for the group. Uh, what do you guys think about Sonoma? I know I tested the set earlier, and I I really liked it. The fixed set, I had way too hard, hard of a time getting the front end to grip up. And the set out, the set that was in the drive, I, that was a lot better. Um, so yeah, that felt good. Yeah, I still need to get some laps. I, I haven't done it yet. Well, a common thread for me, I don't have the track, so uh, <laughs> I can't test it. But it's a normal road course, but lots of elevation changes there. It makes it very interesting. All right, let's talk other racing. Uh, time you want to get on the gas, so that back end comes out fairly quick. But I really like that track, and I'm really looking forward to next week's Road to Pro. You think you got a, a top five or something in you? I think I could stay on the track, and hopefully no one else can. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, I would. I guess my goal would be top 15, and that's pretty much been my goal the whole season of road to pro and i really haven't met that goal much i've really struggled in this particular series i don't know why but with the one start a week if anything goes wrong at all you're done and that's i pretty much have always had something go wrong uh boy talladega was this week um uh, teammate brandon uhouse uh led the way for our team he picked up a win in the b car at talladega go congrats to him um, what else happened this week? Will, you were practicing the Daytona 24, right? Yeah, I was getting some seat time, getting ready for that. And then, um, I did a midget race a little bit ago, finished third in that. So that was a good confidence boost. So yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the getting ready for that 24 hour race. Yeah, I honestly still need to get the car. I will. I, uh, told David what my plans were for when I can run because I have to work that day. But it'll be basically right after work, and I'll run a shift or two, and probably a couple shifts. And uh, I still think we need some more people, so he's working on that. League race, uh, we skipped that for the holiday. Um, But I did not skip uh, GRC. So, man, I I, I uh, had some time off. Uh, for the holiday and I was just running at, in the evenings every hour 
at the top of the hour, the, you know, the GRC race. And because of the heats and the consolation race and stuff, you can like, you know, run your qualifying lap and then you can like step away if you're in heat too. And I can go do other things, you know, around the house or see what the family's doing, interact with people, come back, race my heat, you know, step away for the consolation, maybe get a drink, you know, and then come back for the feature. And it's kind of convenient having these kind of built-in breaks almost. Uh, t- and I, I'm taking advantage of those. And the whole thing's over 40 minutes later. The next race starts in 20 minutes. I register for that and start the process over again. So I've been doing that quite a bit with GRC in the last t- couple weeks, actually. Uh, kind of going up and down in the I rating. Uh, some It depends on the track, really. On certain tracks, I seem to get uh, way down and... I think I got way down to 800, then I got way back up to, you know, 13 or 1400, uh, just as the tracks change from week to week. So uh, that's what's going on with me. I'm still hoping for that first feature win. I haven't gotten it. I've gotten second twice this week. I've won a couple heats, um, but it's just a ton of fun. I've had lots of starts. I definitely have something at the start on these guys. I don't know what it is. But I can seem to have a better start than most. And I think it's just me coming up through the gears better than they are. Or, But I'm just flat out coming up the gears. I mean, what do you guys think? I was watching one replay where you won the first heat. And I think it was Daytona. And you were so smooth to that first corner where everyone was trying to pitch it in. And you picked up quite a few spots and were able to get a good gap. So I think that mindset of being smooth and a slower is faster sometimes is really paying off for you. Yeah, you still got to make the corner, you know, and uh, it's better to cut it short rather than long. So I recorded some video I posted up on Facebook. Uh, One time I was going for the LCQ as the leader and I just barely, barely clipped the tire wall. And boy, that car took a tumble. I took somebody else out with me um, into race. Um, but that's sometimes how these races go. Yeah, I saw that. You barely clipped it, but it was just enough to get it upset. And that guy just, he had really nowhere else to go. And then, you know, it's also, if you don't want to get up from the computer, you can sit and watch these other heat races. They're entertaining. I also captured another video of a guy who went over the jump, over the wall after the landing. He basically landed on the wall, went over the wall. He was on his side, and he skidded up to the next part of the wall and bounced over it back onto the track, back onto his wheels, and continued on like nothing happened. And it was amazing that he uh, crossed the wall not once but twice and was able to drive on. So these little cars, they take a, uh, a beating, uh, and you can roll them and continue racing, uh, but they're not quite right sometimes. And But they're pretty fun. Uh, I really am having a good time. I think it's very competitive for me. I feel like I'm in the hunt to win these things, and that's exciting. And so I'm running it, and I'm just having a blast. Uh, okay, so let's talk 
there was one more race I did was AOPA Tally. Uh, we ran it twice. My first attempt, I had uh, somebody in my family walk into my office and literally interrupt me to the point that I had to pull over. I was like in the middle of the pack and going down the back stretch, and I had to literally pull off. I ended up losing a lap over that uh, and finished near dead last. So later in the week, uh, tried again uh, with a teammate, Jonathan Wall. Uh, he joined me, and uh, we found out that the setup that we had put in the car was not quite there. It wasn't quite up to snuff compared to what everyone else was running, and uh, we couldn't keep up, and it was a pretty big disadvantage, you know, when your set's off just a little bit, but you could tell uh, that we couldn't suck up or anything. Um to make it worse, that we had green flag stops, and I spun the car coming out of the box. Uh, the car is different even at Talladega than it used to be before the build. You used to be able to just slam out of there because of that high gear at Tally, and, uh, and it wouldn't spin out, but now it will if you're not careful, and I just proved it. At least we'll be ready for Daytona now that we know that. <laughs> well... Like I proved, too, we need a set, too. That set was not good for us. So, anyway, we'll have to figure that out. Um, but I expected more out of Talladega. That's kind of why I tried it a couple times. But didn't get any good runs at all. Lost some I ratings. So, bummer. Yeah, I was in the uh, same boat with you. I, I tried uh, a C-fixed uh, truck, the trucks, and uh, and a B-fixed race. And, oh, the uh, the B fixed race that was completely my fault. Uh, getting used to the new wheel and the new gear shifter and stuff, and um, I must have put it in the wrong gear or something. I tried to go back and ended up blowing my motor. I don't even think I hit the start finish line. But uh, I'm down about yeah 200 IR this week from uh, Talladega. The it hurt this week. Yeah, and uh, it was an interesting interesting discussion when you were trying to decide if you were going to run again <laughs> and you were like, you finally said, no, I've given up enough to Talladega, move on to the next week. Well, yeah, that's just it. I mean, my, my I rating's not that high <laughs> as it is. So when you, when you lose 200 I rating in, in a week you know, over just a couple of races, um, you really feel it. Well, get ready for NIS because that's what it's all about. One week you're good, and the next week you're not, and it you know comes and goes, and uh, it'll it'll it happens to everybody, no matter you know what your skill level is. Oh yeah, absolutely. But you know the the difference with uh, NIS now, I I could do better if if I would run more open, but you know the longer races that that helps me. I seem to. Uh, um, do a lot better with the with the longer races. Yep. Well, before we uh, move on, let's talk. You mentioned new hardware. Let's go through that real quick. What did you get? Well, I uh, been having issues with my my headset. Now, um, I was running a wireless uh, Logitech um, G nine thirty, and uh, from what I found out, I was getting a lot of uh, interference uh, i guess it runs on the 2.4 gigahertz um frequency and if you got other stuff running on in, in your house it'll uh 
it'll mess with that. So I kept getting cut, cut, you know, cutting in and cutting out and just completely disconnecting. So I went with a wired and uh, I picked up a HyperX Cloud 2 headset. And uh, well, the cloud, I guess, would be for how it feels on your head because you barely realize it's there. Um, And it's just a solid piece of hardware. It's a metal headband really really solid there's no doesn't feel like the cheap plastic stuff um so far so good i mean i've only been using it for a couple of hours but uh you know i'll, I'll know better in you know in, in a week or so when i when i really be able to put it to the test yep okay cool always nice to have good eye racing toys and good hardware makes for a good race all right, let's go into topics. Will, what do you got first? All right, so we caught up some information on the Road to Pro series. Um, we are going to be get- beginning at Daytona. Um, it's going to be a Class A series running once a week, every other week opposite to the Peak Antifree series. So we'll have Week 1, Daytona, Road to Pro, and it sounds like the next week we're going to Peak, the back to Road to Pro. So we got a little more information there. We are going to start at Daytona, as well as we are going to be able to use open sets. So both yep. the Road to Pro and Pro Series are going to be open setups. And in the truck, but it's an A-class a series, but in the truck. Yeah, I've driven a lot of that truck, just working my way up and getting comfortable on asphalt, and it's fun to drive, but... Being an A license, I'm I'm excited to see the caliber of driver in that truck now because a lot of those races I was in with the C class, half the field was super fast, half the field would wreck out, and I found myself kind of right in the middle. So, so this is uh, Tuesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, like you said, every other week, and starting at Daytona. And uh, yeah, I think I want to run this. Like you said, I hope the participation is good. Um, but it's going to be called NASCAR Road to Pro Series. I kind of wish it was the A car, but it's a truck, guys. Yeah, and it's. I think eventually, once things settle, they'll have the Road to Pro um, as a continuous thing, and hopefully, there's a lot more sets and more participation overall. I do think it is kind of odd working your way up in one car to the next to the next get to the peak series because of the way teams are structured and everyone kind of runs the A car. But I think this will make teams and stuff a little more diverse and make the whole sport better. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you got you look at te- little teams like us where we don't really have a peak driver. We don't really have anybody in line that is ready to be a peak driver in the next 12 months. So what, you know, promotes us, the team like us to run this, you know, because we usually run the A car, you know, why should we change that? Well, like it, like I said, it, if there's participation and there's a lot of people, I like that. It makes good competition and that's where I want to race. If it's a truck, uh, you know, on Tuesday nights and so be it, I guess. Oh, well, I think it's a good way to, grow your a license before um you would have to go backwards to get more races in unless you wanted to do just the a fixed or open now there's the road to pro and the a car both or can't even talk right now both the a car and the truck that 
work under that a license so it should give you more opportunities to practice different equipment with similar skill level drivers right all right i'll take next topic here we had a little tidbit in the forums um from tanner witten and tanner is actually a global cross rally driver and he's one of the guys out there mixing it up in the real cars. And uh, he wrote in the forums here, The physics of the GRC cars is the closest thing I've ever felt compared to the real thing. The lack of steering feel under throttle and in the dirt sections is extremely accurate to the real thing. We set these cars up with very soft springs and a semi-soft sidewall tire as they are still a radio compared to the world rallies cross plies. Slow is fast is the motto of these cars. Now, if they ever add the light cars, I'd be another story. So anyway, uh, a very insightful uh, tidbit there from an actual driver that uh, said the iRacing model is pretty darn accurate. Not surprised. I mean, they all worked on it, especially Scott Speed. He was involved with it. Yeah, it makes um, makes me feel better spending time doing it. I know I'll probably never race a GRC car ever or drive anything like that. But just to know that what we're getting is so close to real life uh, makes me glad I am part of iRacing and pay my membership. And that's why I pay is to get that realistic experience or as close as I can. Yeah, I think that's why iRacing is a better sim when it comes to any kind of auto racing sims is because of that accuracy. You know, you're getting the real thing. When you drive the sim, it's very accurate to what they feel out in the real car. And I tell you what, these cars are hard to drive. That's why they're fun. Uh, it's fun going around those corners and and doing a controlled spin and seeing how quick you can get around it because every time you go around the corner, it's different. You know, sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. Uh, right, Tony? You tried a little bit more this week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I sure did. And uh, you got to witness some of the, uh, uh, some of my silliness. Um, you know, I, I sure do have a long ways to go, but I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun bouncing off walls and hitting the jump sideways and doing all kinds of silly things. But um, I did manage to pick up a third place, um, and I think that's the highest I've placed so far. But yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a lot of fun. Yep. So Tanner Witten, uh, Witten is his name, and uh, yeah, he's a GRC rally driver. All right, what's next? No, I, Drew Adamson put up a a video on the on the forums um looks like a little teaser video for uh for the time attacks just titled have you tried time attack yet quick little uh 32 second clip um and it doesn't really tell you much just a couple of quick shots of cars going fast and um splashing time attack all over it um i personally have not tried time attack yet um I'm not sure if I really will. It's not really my thing. I'm definitely not a hot lapper. Um, but, yeah, the, the forum's kind of just back and forth on uh, whether they, people have tried it or not, like it or don't like it. 
Yeah, it, it's a commercial. They're they're really trying to promote it still, which is you know good for them. You know if they want to try to promote it. I don't find a lot of value being on the track by myself. I don't seem to gain anything from that. Now, if I'm on the track with other cars, that's different. If I can follow somebody around, that's different. Um, but when you're out there just by yourself, yeah, I, I can't. I'm not smart enough to, you know, learn from what I'm doing and gain on that. I like to use Time Attack just to kind of learn a new track or a new car. As I was getting into asphalt, I did a lot of the Xfinity cars or the B car. And I think my best track, I think at the time, was Kentucky. I got up to, I think, top 20 lap time, which was a good feeling. But um, at a certain point, I was the same way. I was like, ah, I'm just doing laps at this point. I can't tell what's making it better or worse. But it was a good way to kind of get me up to speed. To be honest, if it was on the website as a normal feature, I would probably use it a lot more in a, in a different way. Sometimes I do like to test a car, get into this kind of spot check stuff or the set. And I wouldn't mind doing that in time attack, but I'm using the website. I'm not using the new UI. So I'm not going to take that extra step to launch that stupid UI just to go to into time attack. So if it was on the website, I think they'd get more participation. But, uh, All right, uh, let's see what's next here. Uh, there was a poll on the forums about uh, double or single file restarts for the midget cars. And uh, let's see, let's see, I lost the uh, post here, just a minute. And the voting is in, let's see the results. 84% uh, for single file restarts. Uh, compared to 16% on the double files. Uh, what do you guys uh, think about this? I was a little surprised by the result. I just assumed, I guess, everyone wanted double file restarts, but apparently not. You know, if I would, I voted single file on this, and double file restarts are fun, and but they're just a mess in that car. That car has so much power, it's so easy to pop a willy, and... I feel like having a single file restart would minimize the turn one incidents. I just did a race earlier, which is going to be on the YouTube um, as background video. And the main event is pretty much all cautions from turn one incidents. And I was kind of involved in one of them a little bit, not too bad, but everyone kind of just barrels into turn one and it's a mess and half the race is ran under caution. So yeah, I say at the moment, single file, but as people get better, maybe we could go back to double file. It's just, it's a tough one. Yeah, and I, I, I think iRacing is willing to change it, um, and that's kind of why they're doing the polls and stuff. So we'll see. It, it won't happen mid-season. They'll have to do it at the, you know, the every nine weeks or you know on the thirteenth week when they do the release. It'd have to be at one of those times. Yeah, other than being like really dramatic as far as penalties. Going into that first turn, I don't think of any other way to fix it besides making it single file. Right. All right, what's next? Um, nice little uh, post on uh, Competition Plus, uh, an internet magazine about uh, 
Ron Caps, um, NHRA uh, Nitro Funny Car Driver, uh, talking about how he keeps his skills sharp using uh, using eye racing. Um, it's a really uh, really nice write up there. He's talking about they, you know, they 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 host a a race and he's you know he's racing against uh, Dale Jr., Rico Abreu, Christopher Bell, Alex Bowman, and some other drivers. Um, and they'll they'll have uh, just regular fans and stuff uh, jump in with them and um, and uh, you know go around and stuff. Now, I also found. In this article, he says he was one of the uh, one of the original uh, beta testers for iRacing racing back in the beginning. I found that really interesting. Oh yeah, Ron Caps is a longtime iRacing racing member, and he always has good stuff to say. But uh, yeah, pretty cool. Uh, it shows a couple pictures of him using the Oculus Rift uh, VR goggles and racing with those. But from what I can tell, he uses it as much as we do, you know, so. Yeah, and, you know, he says uh, it's, it's you know, getting more and more popular with, you know, all his crew members and, and all that other stuff. So more and more uh, people from the real world are, are jumping on and, and enjoying it. All right, cool for Ron Caps. All right, what's next, William? So we have a post from Gregory Savoy. I probably pronounced that wrong, asking if he can intentionally demote his oval license. Um, he says he runs mostly road. However, he wants to get back into oval racing and just want to know if he get his license demoted. And there's some discussion of how you can do that. Pretty much what I see here is just hit the wall, reset, crash, do stuff of that nature. So just people asking if they could actually get their license demoted. Um as they get back into different disciplines of racing. Okay, so this doesn't happen very often. You know, people want to go down instead of up. But he wants to start over. He wants to go to rookie street stock, and the only way to do that is to be C or less. So he can just tank his uh, SR. So we talked before about the guy who was tanking his IR, and that's different. I mean, the way to do that is to start a race and don't start it, you know? Like, register for the race and don't run it. And you end up, you know, P-dead last, you know, every race. And that's real easy to tank your I-rating doing that. Um, but with SR, you can't do it that way. You have to actually go and get the incidents one way or another. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's ethical to do that. Or what do you guys think? Is it? in the sporting code. I don't know if this stuff is covered. Well, I was going through the, uh, through that post and, um, a lot of people were saying it's not in the sporting code. The IR is for sure. Um, but not the SR SR. Now, you know, people were also saying like, Hey, you know, you can just go to a time trial and, and just, you know, smack your car up. And if it's not in the sporting code and you really want your license down that far, uh, go to a time trial and play smash up derby with yourself. You're not really hurting hurting anyone else. Um, but I also know that like this guy really wanted to race the the rookie stock cars because he didn't want the uh, the cautions and all that other stuff. Um, I mean, hey, if if it's not in the sporting code, you pay for the service, play how you want, really. 
Yep. All right. Well, it was an interesting uh, little discussion, kind of a little out there. Uh, next topic I'll take is um, Cameron Key put up in the uh, forums uh, post, hey, now that GRC has been out for a couple of weeks, what's everyone's opinion? And uh, a lot of people weighed in on this. We got four pages of results. Uh, and I read through some of these, and uh, I would say overall, everyone likes it. You know, there's very little, if any, negative at all. And so I think uh, everyone thought, you know, I saw the word fun a lot. Um, you know, I it's a good time. It's kind of cutthroat, you know, those kind of things. And I think I've already, even in this podcast, already have explained what I think about it, uh, GRC. So what's your guys' overall first impression after, you know, the first few weeks here? I I think they're very fun to drive. Um, I don't race them as much as you do. Um, and whenever I do, I seem to get in some kind of incident, whether it's just my making mistakes or people driving crazy or just racing things and they are definitely a ton of fun. I don't think I could ever make it my primary series just because I feel like I'd get frustrated over time, but they are definitely fun to drive and they don't really take anything away from any other area of the sim. So if people are into race and rally cars, whether it be like the old dirt games or anything of that nature, this is a great way to get more members. And I think it's, I think it's a job well done. Yeah, I personally love it. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy amount of fun. It's for me, it's, it's hard as hell. Um, but I, I really enjoy that. Um, I, I, I love banging doors with other guys. Um, and you know, you can, you can do it and not totally wipe somebody out or wipe yourself out. Um, I, I, I really like that cutthroat, uh, racing. Um, I, I expect it. Um, it's yeah, overall I, I it's fun. Oh yeah, and if it was easy, nobody would do it. I mean, that's why it's f it's fun because it's hard. I mean, these cars don't turn, and you have to figure out how to turn them with the with the brake pedal and the the gas pedal, you know. And uh, once you figure that out, you you'll have a lot of fun. Uh, just that you know, going from asphalt to dirt, you know, back to asphalt. Um, Going in there, you're just, you know, you like, oh, I got grip. Oh, now I don't have grip. Where is the grip? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy and keeps it fresh and interesting. All right, Tony, what's next? It's a, a video posted up on uh, wonder.com from um, Joe Lusk. Uh, basically, uh, giving you a, a rundown driving the uh the dirt late models um pretty sure that's what they are um, yeah and he calls them limited late models because that's what he races uh yeah yeah so it, you know it's 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 about a 10 yeah it's a 10 minute video um and and he gives you his 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 full out opinion on it um talks about you know how how realistic it is uh you know, um, gives you an explanation about, um, getting up on the bars and, and how you feel it in the sim and, you know, how closely it represents the, the, the real thing. Um, 
really, really positive video towards iRacing. So it just goes to show how much, uh, you know, how realistic it, it is. I mean, we talk about that all the time. It's kind of a common thing we say. Um, but it's just another real world racer just given uh, total props and um, basically telling everybody that's interested in it, get on this thing and have some fun. Yep. Yeah, he talked about uh, the thing you said can feel it get up on the bars. He said if you run a dirt limited late model, you know what that means. And um, you can actually feel it in the sim when you get to that point. And he talked about getting the right rear right up on the cushion, uh, so to speak, you know, right outside the groove to get a little more grip and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was a very cool video. So check it out. It's at OneDirt.com. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to mention about this video, um, like I, I did watch it the whole way through, and I should have took wrote some notes down because my memory sucks. But the one thing that I did notice is as he's talking and he's, you know, he's very, he's just in a practice session, but he's doing it all one-handed. Um, not until he throws his helmet on right near the end does he put two hands on the wheel. And he's good. He's really fast going around the track. I watched a, uh, a bunch of that too. And just watching him go around the track, uh, he's barely out of the gas. You know, he's flying around there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he's, uh, like, as he's talking and stuff, he just keeps the same composure through the whole time. And, uh, you know, he's passing guys. And, oh, yeah, I thought that, that, that part was just <laughs> real funny. I mean, if I try that, yeah, right. Um, I'm in the wall. Yeah, Joe Lusk. Pretty cool. Joe, thanks for the video. All right, Will, what do you got next? Got a little more um, information on the point and scoring issues. Um, I actually did not get a chance to read this over. I was just screenshotting stuff here. Um, I'm going to glance through it real quick. Well, they basically said in summary that they fixed it. If you think something's wrong, contact support. Now, I don't think they fixed it because it does behave differently than it used to be. I used to be able to hit stats and it would come up and I could see my results without clicking on anything at all. It would say, you're in P40th, you know, one out of, you know, 580 or whatever. Well, it does that, but this time you, what I figured out is you have to hit the go button to actually filter it. Uh after you hit stats and then it comes up and so i still think there's something weird there but yeah now they, they uh dean marsh put up the the latest post on there uh given the updates and stuff and saying like it's like they're continuing to work on um on the timing they said sometimes it it takes a little bit for everything to catch up and uh sometimes it might take up to a couple hours but it's it's not like a couple of days or a day um, as it was before. So they are still working on it, trying to get it better. Yeah, I just tried it out right now, and I had to hit that go button. And I remember prior to this, we would never have to do that. So, Yeah, I don't know if that's the only problem. I think there's been other problems, but I don't know. We'll have to see what they do with it. It should be pretty simple to put it back the way it was, you'd think, but... All right, I got the next one. Scott Speed has been very busy playing iRacing, and he's been posting about it on Facebook. 
and he put up some videos on his Facebook page of him uh, racing uh, GRC races um, a few different times. Uh, so in, in one point, he says, I can tell you it feels exactly the same in racing as it did in real life as he's describing the race that he, he's showing on the screen. Uh, in another race that he posted, he he went uh, and kind of showed this epic battle for the lead where the, the first and second place traded uh, spots a couple times with some really light nudging. You know, they weren't really wrecking each other or hitting each other like what's, we, what's happening in my splits. But uh, these guys were racing fairly clean out there uh, considering it's a GRC race. And it was kind of cool to watch. Uh, he was also mentioned that uh, the guy in fourth place was None other than Lando Castle, I think is his name. He's some Formula One driver. Not Lando Castle. What is his name? Uh, Lando Norris. Lando Norris. What I'm thinking, oh, Landon Castle. Oh, yeah. No, Lando Norris. And apparently he's an F1 driver. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. I was going to say, you know, watching that uh, video, now I didn't watch the one... Um with Lando Norris, but I did watch the first one. And, you know, as he's going through, he's, um, you know, telling you what's going on and, um, telling you, like kind of giving you a little tidbits and, you know, what's good, good racing and, and, uh, stuff like that. I, I picked up a lot of, a lot of little tidbits throughout that video. I hope I can, um, use some of that maybe. Yeah, and he's the master of it. Obviously, the champ this year, three-time champ in GRC. So uh, who else would uh, be better than Scott Speed to learn from? But yeah, pretty cool videos. Check him out on Facebook. Now, one of his videos is his rig. He does a video of his 80-20 rig he's got built, and it is nice. He's got everything. I mean, he's got the really nice pedals. He's got the sim cube wheel. He's got the handbrake, the sequential shifter. And he mentions that the measurements uh, and the angles and the distance between pedal and seat and all this stuff is exactly like his real GRC car. His engineer actually built this rig for him. His real life car engineer uh, put this together. And, uh, boy, it is nice guys. And what do you think of that triple or the, the sound system? He's got these little computer speakers on bars on either side for the left, right speakers. And he, I think he's got one in the center as well. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I was, uh, I was really digging this, uh, this rig. Um, I mean, what a nice job. Yeah. He even mentioned like the brake pressure on his brake pedal is set up exactly like it is in his in his bug uh, on the GRC circuit. Yep, that's just so cool. And you know he obviously wired it himself. He talked about the wiring. He actually has a little USB hub over on the rig uh, to try to keep the cable distances short and whatnot. And a really nice stationary rig. If you guys want to emulate a really nice stationary rig i would definitely look at this one this is nice 
Yeah, it was cool to see him go in depth in that, and that's about as nice of a rig as I can imagine without it being full motion. So that thing is phenomenal. Well, really good components too. You know, the look at the shifter and the handbrake. I mean, those are real deal things. And then, you know, the pedals. I, you know, I don't think it was a hydraulic pedal, but it was like the next. I don't, I, I don't know what brand they were, but they looked really nice. Uh, and I do know he said it was a sim cube wheel. All right, what's next? As uh, Post put up on uh, Twitter a little video um, showing the 2017 Mazda Road to 24 shootout. Um, and I, it's a competition, and uh, I believe at the uh, whoever wins the competition gets. Uh, they're, they're talking about a hundred thousand dollar scholarship. Um, now, I don't know is if this if they get hired by Mazda to run a car. Um, that's the part that I, I'm not too sure about. But um, fellow iRacer uh, John, uh, my uh, you got this one, Mike. There, my my video is not working for me. Yeah, I think I forget his name is John Wall. Uh, not John Wall. It's uh, yeah, I forget the name. But he did not win the competition. Uh, but he was there and he got it to that final round and whatnot. And and it was part of, you know, he ended up, you know, participating and doing very well. And um, in fact, later on in the video, um, former IRL driver Scott Goodyear. Uh, has a few moments on camera to praise uh, John. I forget his last name. It's John uh, for Allen. How, uh, John Allen for every you know how well he did, considering. Um, and he said a lot of nice things about how much he progressed uh, through the test. So good job, John Allen. Uh, so pretty cool opportunity for him. Yeah, now this was a was a competition um to to be able to to do this for John Allen to go he had to beat out. Well they they said 17,000 other drivers, but I don't know if that many people participated in that competition or not, or maybe they're just talking about the sim as a whole. Yeah, I don't know, but I, you're right. I think it was just the Mazda Cup series. You had to run what season 3 or something and do well. Yeah, yeah, something like that anyhow. Right. So anyway, pretty cool. All right, William, what's next? All right. So unfortunately, let me go back one page here. It looked like David Cater, I believe is how he pronounced his last name. Yeah. Um, he's known for making some really good setups. I watch a lot of his videos on YouTube. Um, he was actually hospitalized, looked like over the holidays. Yep. It, look, it looks like he is making a recovery. So I'm just kind of organized my notes here. Um, so, yeah, he is making a recovery, but, yeah, unfortunately, he had to go to the hospital. Looks like he's been diagnosed with – gosh, I'm spacing out here. Uh, it looks like it's the uh, flu and a blood sugar of 374 sent him into a seizure. So, yeah, that's, he did write in this post at one point, and that's what he wrote. Um, so he is in the hospital but not in ICU. And hope to get better. So, yeah, you're right. He's a big setup guy from down south. He's a southern boy. 
uh, and he kind of talks like that. But, uh, yeah, he used to be the guy who made all the fixed setups for iRacing for several years. He was the guy who actually, you know, put them together and handed them to iRacing, and they plugged them into the sim. So that's what he's famous for, in my opinion. But I've run with him a few times. His iRating has been similar to mine and in some cases, and uh, he's a pretty good A-car driver. Yeah, I've watched, uh, I kind of got to know him via watching his YouTube videos. I think him and Ray Alfala did a series of how they did their setups, and um, I've watched those multiple times and have learned quite a bit. But yeah, I feel like at the same time, not that much. But yeah, I'm glad to see he's doing okay. Yep. So, uh, hope you are back soon, David Cater. I hope you're listening. And speedy recovery to you. We'll be thinking about you. Uh, next topic, uh, somebody on Twitter asked Steve Myers from iRacing, hey, are we going to get the new Camaro Cup car for the new NIS season coming up? And he said, hey, it's going to be tough to hit February. We just got the CAD data, even though I had the contract done the week after it was announced. And so this was just uh, a day or so ago. No. Oh that he tweeted this. So uh, they just got the data. So I don't think he's going to get it done by Daytona. That's too soon. But uh, I bet you they'll get it out in the first quarter release, you know, on the next week 13. I bet you'll probably get it then. That'd be my guess. So I think you were asking about this yesterday, Tony, about bummer about the cup, this car not being ready. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, my A car, I, I run the Chevy, so um, I was I was kind of hoping they were going to have it out, and then I'd uh, I, I'd have a nice brand new car to run the to start the NIS series. But um, well, I guess I got to wait. That's okay. Um, I really like the look of this new car, so I'll I'll be picking that one up for sure. I'll continue with Chev in my A car. You have to redo the paints; they won't be the same, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, Will is uh, starting to get real good with, with the paints. He's coming up with some really nice stuff, so um, maybe maybe I can ask real nicely. There you go. Yeah, Will, you did a nice paint this week for somebody, didn't you? Yeah, that was probably one of the most difficult ones I've done yet, and I cheated a little bit, but it came out looking nice. So, um, Luckily, I saved all my templates on that, so when they come out with the Camaro, I'll just slap that thing on, and hopefully we'll be good to go. Yeah, better also give uh, props to our uh, our other teammate Justin, who's uh, supplied us with a lot of paint schemes as well. Um, and uh, you know, those are those are all real nice looking as well. So, right. All right, what's next? So it looks like we have a new spotter pack um, for download from uh, Craftsman World of Outlaw, Mike Hess. So I've actually. I'm kind of having a hard time organizing my notes here, but yeah, it looks like Nesk or let me start over here. So I've been wanting to do this for a while and finally got around to it last couple days. Audio of the World of Outlaws Craftsman Sprint Car Series race director Mike Hess has created a very basic spotter pack. So it kind of gives you a new spotter for any dirt racing. Yeah, pretty cool. And uh, this name, Ross Weiss, rings a bell for some reason. I just Googled him to see what he does, and 
he's the video guy for uh, that series, the World of Outlaws uh, Sprint Car Series. And so he he has he has access to all the video, so he's obviously lifted some of the audio off of that and made a spotter pack. So uh, pretty cool. So you can hear the actual guy that they would hear in the real race. Yeah, it looks like they have it kind of integrated with the Australian spotter. So some of your ones are going to be from Mike Hess. Some of them are going to be from the old default spotter, but. Still really cool they're working on that. Yeah, pretty cool idea. So check that out. I guess search the forums for World of Outlaws Spotter Pack. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, there's a question uh, posted up on the forums. When is the next track planned to be released? Um now, I couldn't find a date, but Steve Reese did post up that Lima Land is the next one coming up. Um, he said, uh, um, definitely next season, but hopefully it'll be ready and available sooner than that. Um, it's very far along in development, but still a bit of graphics and physics works to complete. There you go. Lima Land. Lima Land. All right, uh, that's a dirt track, I presume. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm terrible <laughs> at this stuff. I wish I knew. I think I it is. Think it I, is. <laughs> remember when they voted on all five of them, and it's one of those, I think. Yeah, I just Googled it, Googled it real quick, so I'm not familiar with it. But yeah, it looks like a dirt track, a quarter mile, so it'll be a pretty small track. Whoa. Probably the smallest dirt track we have yet. Quarter so they, mile? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, Kokomo won the voting, but I think with the newer midgets, they probably fast-tracked this one to give them a kind of a small track. So, Yeah, like South Boston. It'd be smaller than that. And actually, looking at it here, it says quarter-mile dirt track owned by University of Northwestern Ohio. So um, they kind of didn't know college's own dirt tracks. That's pretty cool. All right, uh, I'll take next. Uh, Christian Antonio put up in the forums, hey, where are the pit crew lights for their helmets? And I never thought about it till he mentioned it, but yeah, I mean, these guys, the tire changers anyway, they have these bright flashlights right above their eyeballs on the little visor of their helmet that shines down on the lug nuts as they're uh, changing them. And it'd be pretty cool to see that during the night uh, races, you know, when it's dark out. But I guess you'd say, you know, hey, I think don't we have to have five pit crew over the wall instead of six? Uh, with the new rules in NASCAR, I mean, we're already behind the times because uh, we don't we have too many men over the wall. And they're still fueling up our trunks instead of the gas tank. So, well, and the other part of that too is we don't know what these NASCAR teams are going to do with the one less guy, like is. The one tire carrier going to carry both tires, or is he just going to do one? And and how's that going to look? And what's going to be the choreography? You know, of do they go around the back? Do they go around the front? You know. 
Yeah, it's it's gonna be really interesting come uh, you know come Daytona and we get to see how they they do it. Um, I really got no idea how they're gonna they handle that. I haven't seen any videos posted up of them practicing or anything like that. So that'd be kind of neat to see too. I'm sure it's top secret right now because it'll be a huge advantage at Daytona if some one of the teams you know finds some way to do it faster than everybody else. Oh yeah, you betcha. So I'd like to see that come to iRacing, and um, it might be cool, too, if there were different scenarios where they would mix it up. Maybe, you know, they go around the back one time, but they go around the front the next time or something like that, you know, and they mix it up and do it differently. Uh, but pretty cool, yeah, pit crew lights on their helmets would look pretty cool. Good idea, Christian. Okay, Will, what's next? So we have a question posted up in the forums from Ricky LaDuke. Um, asking if anyone's noticed any issues with the sprint cars after the update. If you touch the right front of the wall, it basically knocks the whole axle out. And we actually did get a reply from a staff member. Uh, it's from Susan Flint. Sorry, guys, we have a fix for this that will be tested and rolled out, hopefully, the next update we release. So... Um, I thought it was to make it more realistic because those front ends are really weak and I did, had no issues with it, but turns out there was an issue and we we're already getting a fix. So um, it's just, they are fast on fixing these, fixing these little bugs. Yep. And, uh, you know, you get these guys running, you know, races every hour, they'll find it too, you know. And uh, that you know, they obviously don't find it in testing. But when you get a lot of people racing over and over and over, you know, somebody's going to find it if there's a bug. Uh, I had it happen to me one time, and I just thought it just the car broke because I hit the wall. I didn't really think it was a bug at all, but it turns out it was, so it's glad they're already on top of it. All right, Tony, what's next? iRacing uh, put up a job posting for VFX artist. Um, so... Uh, I guess what a VX, a VFX artist uh, responsible for creating realistic and visually believable real-time effects for the racetracks, race cars, and other areas of the simulation. Um, so creating tune effects ranging from grass and dirt thrown by car tires to backfires, fireworks, heat, haze, rain, leaves, etc. Um, uh, great opportunity. Um, looking for somebody with uh, five plus years experience as a professional game developer um, and previous experience with popcorn FX, Houdini, and similar particle-based effect systems. So, hey, if you know your stuff and you'd like to work for iRacing, send them uh, send them your resume. That'd be a cool opportunity. Yeah, and it's you know we don't know if they're growing or are they replacing somebody. We don't really know, but that's a pretty. Uh high-paying job it sounds like you know it's uh you know it says a bfa in the arts or equivalent so they're looking for somebody who is a developer but also an artist you know kind of thing pretty cool pretty cool job if you want to live up in the new england area check it out one of the key things i picked up is in the first area it says responsibilities it mentions rain, so hopefully that's something Ooh. on the road racing side. But yeah, rain leaves an insect, so 
yeah, I'm, hopefully that's what it's primarily for. <laughs> Insects, mosquitoes like squashed on your windshield. Yeah, that's what that's the first thing that caught my eye was the rain. But yeah, leaves, insects, that would be um, that, that that next level of realism they need to add. That's pretty cool. Good eye. Uh, yeah, it's exciting to hear the word rain. Can you imagine running some rain tires at Formula One car in the wet? <laughs> uh, that and even just trying to strategize the end of a a car race if it starts to rain on you just having to plan that out it could affect all all across the spectrum um yeah no that's exciting to think of that was just the first thing that i saw and came to my mind yep all right next up uh, iRacing put out a video a short 20 second video uh basically promoting uh the new global rally cross and dirt midget action uh for the new year for 2018 and uh pretty cool looking video uh kind of gives you some insight of what the dirt looks like and you know taking the jump and what these cars look like going around the track pretty cool yeah i i really like how they did this video as opposed to the time attack video um this one uh you know kind of gets you excited says hey you know damn i want to go try that that looks like fun uh, the time attack video not 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 so much in my opinion right yeah it's all about racing other people i mean that's the whole thing we're doing so all right well what's next so it looks like vrs or the virtual racing virtual racing school has um data packs for the v, uh, grc cars um and it looks like they work with mitchell de jong on getting those done so if you like to use uh, the virtual racing school to kind of improve your pace and speed looks like they have something for the rally cars now and he's like the fastest guy out there right now he's been winning all those friday night events so that's pretty cool that you can get his data his replay, his braking points, his gas points, his shift points, and uh, match it. Pretty cool. I, you know, it's pretty neat that there's a service out there, you know, offering this. I'm not sure I would do it, but I think we had a team member who signed up for uh, VRS. Uh, he was telling us about it, and he he said some good things about it. Thought it was worth it. Yeah, I don't race enough um, to really feel like I need it. I feel like there's a lot of pace to be made up just on my own where I'm at. But if I ever got to push to that next level, they seem to offer some really good services for their customers. All right, Tony, what's next? Well, um, Twitter post put up by uh, Neil Heckins. I hope I said his name right. Um he uh, received his Ty Majeski diecast car. Um, couple of, he's got a couple of IRAs. He's got the Ford Mustang uh, uh, Xfinity car, I think. And then I'm not too sure what the other car is. Um, That's like a Gen 5 car and then the Gen 7 car. Okay. Kind of thing, yeah. Like, 
That old 47, is it, that's when uh, Marcos Ambrose ran the iRacing colors one, one time. Okay, okay. Well, he did mention that uh, he found his in Canada, of all places. Um, I don't know if, if you're able to get it in the States yet, or um, maybe that's just, he, he just found it, that's all. I think you can order the new one now on uh, on the online anyway. We covered that I think a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, I, that's what I th- I thought this was uh, you know, part of that that they're finally shipping them out, but maybe that's not the case. Well, it looks pretty good though. He put up a really nice picture of it. Um if you want to take a look at it. All right, let's go into hardware software. Um, Barry Roland, he's from Virginia's club, uh, and he's got a Sim Experience Stage 4 simulator for sale in excellent condition. It's $4,600. And uh, this is the real thing. This is the full motion cockpit, guys. This is uh, one of the first ones that was out there that really pioneered how these work. And this is the real deal, man. It looks nice. He put up some really nice pictures of it, too, that I was kind of Googling over. Yeah, Yeah. it's a beautiful setup. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, (laughs) uh, it's, it's all there now. Um, it, it doesn't come with, uh, with a few of the things, uh, you know, obvious stuff, the computer and all that other stuff, but, uh, what you're getting, um, surely going to have a very good time racing with. Yep. Now, so he, he mentions what it comes with and what it doesn't come with because obviously everything is in the picture. So. Yeah. Now I don't know if you guys uh, scrolled down in the in the post a little bit, but um, I uh, somebody posted up a, a a YouTube video of another uh, racing simulator. Now this one was posted back in 2011, um, but this is a crazy simulator. Um, this whole thing like rotates and it basically puts you up in the air and it uh, like you know pitches you forward and it, it's it's a complete uh you got all the movement no matter what i mean it'd be good for flight simulators because it's you know putting you um facing you down and facing you up and it it does a complete 360 spin um (laughs) if uh yeah if you guys didn't scroll down that far um yeah check it out it's it's pretty wild yeah i think we've covered this on a past podcast long ago like you said, it's a very old YouTube video from 2011, but man, you're right. That is the full motion. Now, that's really full motion because it's got up and down and turned the whole cockpit in a circle if need be. Yeah, and somewhere through the video, it, it says it can it can move as fast as like 120 degrees in a, per second. Um, now they said they, they couldn't put it that fast because the, the video doesn't capture it, uh, well enough, but, um, I mean, oh man, this is almost like a tornado simulator. 
So imagine uh, a stationary it. cockpit, guys, with triple monitors that are mounted with the cockpit sitting on three different shocks that go up and down. And the three shocks, you know, move independent of each other and literally hold this thing in the air and and move it about. And then the shocks themselves are on a platform that can spin in a 360-degree circle. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? So if you want to get into uh, the... Uh, the movement guys, you know, you can call uh, Barry, uh, Barry Roland, and he'll hook you up, man, with a, a nice used but uh, sim experience stage four simulator. All right, what's next, uh, Will? So there looks like there's just some discussion on. Um graphic settings people talking about um whether you should go with a 1080p g-sync monitor with a 1080 ti um if you're like going for 4k would be kind of overboard for eye racing well i think the big discussion really is at 1080 or 1440 because those are your choices really for computer monitors you know that are reasonable and is it worth it to get a 1440p monitor? And I think the consensus I was reading is yes. You know, 1440p, if you can afford it, is a better choice over a 1080. Um, now, I participated in this thread a little bit. And what I pointed out was, guess what, guys? I have three 1080 monitors. But I run them as 1440s because of the software that's available with my particular uh, video card. So back in 2016, uh, my AMD Radeon software updated and they added a setting in there called Virtual Super Resolution. And I turned it on and figured it out. And it basically allowed me to change my Windows resolution to... 2560 by 1440, even though it's only a 1080 monitor. And so I run the sim in 7680 by 1440, even though I have only a 1080i monitor. So um, anyway, just thought I'd point that out again. I probably have covered this on the podcast a long time ago. But uh, if you have an AMD card, you might check your, check out Virtual Super Resolution. Yeah, now, um, you know, they, they'd mentioned throughout that, that post there, um, you know, saying it's, it's called super sampling um, and that it uh, it can put a, a bunch of strain on your GPU and, and you lose FPS. Did you notice that at all? Or Yeah, I think I did notice a loss of FPS, but I thought the gains that I gained by making the change was worth it. Um. The increased resolution made a difference visually for me between the two. And so I was like, wow, you can actually see the difference. Okay. Okay. Now, I know NVIDIA has the uh, a very similar uh, thing you can do, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, 
but uh, I might have to check that out. I don't know if I got a beefy enough system to, to do it well enough, but. Here's the trick, guys. Just check your graphics software. Look for something, like you said, that's called super sampling. Uh, AMD was calling it virtual super resolution on in my case. But anyway, it allows you, like I said, to put your windows at a higher resolution than what your monitor is designed to handle and um, in some way with the software. And uh, it works for me. I've, I've run it ever since I've turned it on. I haven't turned it off since. And uh, I love it, you know, and I think it makes a difference. So, um, all right, that's it. Let's get into final thoughts, I guess. Uh, Tony Groves, you're up first. What do you got? Well, um, yeah, so I, I've been uh, bombarded with a whole bunch of new hardware. You know, I've got my new wheel set up. I've got a new headset. I've got an extra monitor. Still need a third one, but, uh, um, you know, these two, I've got them set up nicely so I can see out my uh, my driver's side window. Um, what a cool experience. Um, now, it, it doesn't make me any better of a driver, um, but I sure feel a lot cooler than I did uh, a few weeks ago racing. So that's a huge plus in my mind. Um, and I'll walk away with a big smile on my face. Let's go through that really quick. Let's take a minute. We talked about how to set up the SIM on two monitors. Uh, Tony, in a couple sentences, can you tell me what the experience was, what you might've learned, what was the tip or the trick that made it work for you? Um, well, to, yeah, to get it to set up properly, um, you, you, you know, you got to go through your uh, settings for mine. It's um, uh, span view or something along those lines. And then you have to do the app any um, and uh, basically run the sim as if you got, you know, run the sim like you have three monitors and then within the app, any file, um, you have to um, kind of uh, play with the numbers. So the, the sim thinks you have a third monitor and, um, it will basically uh, set it up running like you got a third monitor. You just don't see out your, for me, it's my right-hand side. Right. So you go in the app I&I &I and you offset the XY coordinate for windowed mode, basically. And then you go into the sim and you set up the resolution as if you had triples. And that's how it worked, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that that's exactly how it worked, um, and it and it works really really well. So it just took us a while to figure out what to put in for the offset. But uh, do you recall what you did? I think it was we started with a negative number, like negative nineteen twenty on the X. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That and that. That's exactly what it was. I believe it was the negative 1920, and that's the one that uh, stuck with where I needed it. Oh, and then you just had to physically move your monitors around to accommodate that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd been playing with, with different setups, trying to just trying to get it to work, and I had it all backwards. So just a couple wire flips, and I was, I was back, in the, back in the saddle. Okay. All right. Well, that's how you do it. You can uh, contact Tony Groves and he'll walk you through it. Uh, but he figured it out with just a little prodding for me with some uh, a little kind of good information, but some of it wasn't very good. But you figured it out. 
And so if you can figure it out, uh, pretty much anybody can, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the end, it's it's really easy. Now, I I did try to do this when I had a couple different size monitors, and um, that that fell flat on its face. Uh, that just it it was just too much for the eyes to to um, to look at. But you got a couple of the same size monitors. Yeah, it works real nice. Yeah. When I first started, I had two different size monitors, and I was doing it that way. And you're right, the the zoom factor on one of them is different than the other, and it just really throws you off. So you really do need to have the same size to do it, you know, to make it look right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, very good uh, final thought there. William Gibson, what do you got? No, not much here. I am... Um... I've just been piecing stuff here together to put the podcast up on YouTube and all my notes were shuffled. So I'm not going to do it this way next week and figure this out. But no, I'm excited. I got with my manager at work and kind of got my schedule settled a little bit. So I should hopefully be racing quite a bit more. Um, But other than that, no, I'm excited to get this new year rolling. All right. Very good. Uh, My final thoughts. uh, We have a special guest coming next week. I hope. Um, contacted me over the holidays and it's a return guest uh from that's been on the podcast before so that's all i'm gonna leave it at and but we'll find out who he is he's really a funny guy and uh we'll have him on so stay tuned for that uh my final thoughts is boy you know i'm ready for the nascar season i think i'm ready to get back into the weekly grind of going from track to track and i've about had it with the off season and uh this is the kind of the the time of the year that you you kind of get NASCAR hungry and and whatnot and uh, so yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking I'm I'm excited about the GRC for sure and been running that a lot and I'll continue to run it I'll probably run it all night tonight until I fall asleep and uh, but it's just been a blast and I'm really happy that iRacing brought that out it really came at me unexpectedly I did not think. I was going to be racing GRC on a regular basis, but it seems like I am, at least for now. So uh, with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.